0: Alright folks, we're going to be talking about dis- anxiety disorder. Uh, it's highly prevalent. Uh, up to 30% of folks have uh, have one of the various anxiety disorders during their lifetime with females affected uh, about twice as often as males. Um, in a patient with anxiety disorder you're going to want to screen for the following uh, or with a suspected anxiety disorder you're going to want to screen for the following. Um, so during the past two weeks have you been bothered by one feeling nervous anxious frightened worried or on edge two feeling panic or being frightened three avoiding situations that make you anxious So you can see how this would encompass uh, a good number of the anxiety disorders um you're going to want to consider a differential including uh, substance disorder and uh, mood disorders Um, and uh, among the substances, alcohol is is very commonly seen, and to a lesser degree, caffeine. I think we commonly recommend that people uh, stop caffeine when they have anxiety disorders. Uh, I'm just not clear on the evidence there. I've heard you know up to a third of anxiety disorders can be attributable to caffeine use. I'm not sure if I buy that. Um, and uh, then you're going to be considering what your specific diagnosis is, and therefore your psychological and uh, drug treatments. And just remember to follow up with folks. Uh, standard of care is within two weeks of starting uh, an antidepressant because of uh, potential activation effects and the risk of, uh, of suicide related to that, although it's, uh, it's unclear if, uh, if that's a real uh, effect. I have a broad differential rule out organic so called organic causes, including endocrino- endocrinologic causes like hypothyroidism, uh, adrenal insufficiency, and just be careful. There's now popularized online this concept of adrenal insufficiency, you know, short of uh, uh there's yeah, like a, 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 a a syndrome where you know you won't have uh, cortisol changes. Um, it's just this vague uh, description that people use of uh, uh, sorry, adrenal fatigue is what they call it. Uh, so it's not Addison's, it's adrenal fatigue. Uh, menopause and, and uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder are also important considerations. Think about uh, potential triggers. Uh, we uh, like arrhythmias are very common for triggering panic attack in young women, and SVTs are common in young women. Um, think about uh, uh, hypoglycemic episodes, and uh, people that have uh, sort of um, uh, well, you know, uh, diabetics and pre-diabetics um, who have poor uh, insulin insulin regulation. Uh, and then think about neurologic causes, uh, specifically dementia can be caused. It can be very anxiety-provoking in older folks. Um, and uh, those are the, the important ones. And then, of course, drugs. In terms of the psych differential, remember that depression can often present with anxiety symptom, uh, symptoms, but treating the depression is more effective than treating the anxiety psychosis um, can present with uh, with anxiety-like symptoms, especially par- paranoid schizophrenia, hypochondriasis, and substance abuse. Um, so in terms of uh, just general components of cognitive behavioral therapy, exposure is very important. This is especially true in, uh, in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. So encouraging patients to face their fears, um, Encouraging patients, you know, for example, with agoraphobia, to start in uh, with small steps. So first of all, you know, going for a walk in a park, going for a walk in a mall, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there's some neurobiology that underlies it for extinction of the fear response, and you know, there are neuro, there's neurons that change in the amygdala of mice, etc., etc. Dealing with the safety response inhibition, so really looking at those anxiety-reducing behaviors, in OCD, that those compulsions are obvious, but um, trying to reduce the, their reliance on them uh, as best as possible, and therefore increasing self-efficacy. And sometimes it's about a leap—a leap of faith. Like you can just tell your patients, "Well, just give it a try. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least we can say we can say that we tried that." Cognitive uh, strategies include restructuring. This is often very difficult. Um, a lot of patients with anxiety catastrophize, but uh, I think that stepping away from the problem for some time or stepping away from their fear using whatever method they can, whether it's distraction or uh, you know faith, uh, um, it will allow them to restructure things cognitively. Um, Arousal management is going to be uh, certain behaviors like box breathing that are effective in, in reducing the level of stimulation. So, box breathing is an evidence-based strategy. Uh, breathe in through the nose, two seconds. Hold two seconds. Out two seconds, and you can increase to four seconds in those that have the respiratory capacity. Um, and then. Uh, Let's talk about uh, a bit about generalize, generalized anxiety disorder specifically. Uh, so it's a DSM uh, definition, it's uncontrollable and excessive worry occurring more, than, uh, more days than not for at least six months consecutively. Uh, where um, everyday ordinary experiences or activities cause uh, uncontrollable or poorly controlled anxiety and it's often accompanied by three or more of uh, the following the acronym uh, mnemonic is sick FM including sleep disturbance, irritability, poor concentra- uh, concentration is poor, keyed up or being edgy, uh, fatigue, muscle, muscle tension. Um, so you know 3 to the 6 FM, difficult difficulty controlling worry for greater than six months with functional effects and remember that pretty much with all of the DSM diagnoses you know, you, it needs to affect function, so I suppose you can be a schizophrenic that has vivid hallucinations, but if you're still functional uh, that di- diagnosis doesn't count. But anyhow um, I digress. Um, the the screening question is during the past four weeks, which is interesting, I don't know, I just asked during the two, past two weeks, have you been bothered by feelings that you're worried, tense, or anxious most of the time? Um, and then ask about your Sick FM. So generalized anxiety disorder responds to CBT and, uh, and medication. Uh, each has uh, evidence on its own, and there is a synergistic effect. So if you can get folks going on both, it is helpful. Talking a little bit about panic dis- disorder and agoraphobia, which is going to be extremely debilitating for folks. So it's a it's a real shame when uh, when you have otherwise functional people that uh, are afflicted by this um, so I recognize what a panic attack is and distinguish it from uh, from other things like uh, ACS um, uh, so a panic attack uh, the mnemonic is uh, students uh, fear in the, in the three C's so in terms of uh... Uh, the mnemonic you your patients may p- present with sweating, trembling, dizziness, uh, unsteadiness, derealization. So we're spelling out students here. Excessive heart rate, nausea, tingling, shortness of breath, fear of death or going crazy, choking, chills, and chest pain. So you can imagine how this is uh, quite the mimic for uh, an ACS, and it's not uncommon that you're going to do a bit of a cardiac work up in these, in these patients and they'll often present with concerns around uh, their heart. Um, so panic attack, um, or pardon me, panic disorder uh, is recurrent panic attacks um, and maladaptation related to the panic attacks. That is avoiding uh, triggers and uh, when this has been going on for more than one month. And just as a little side note, just, you know, for the purposes of most of your tests, you're going to, you don't need to know the exact DSM definitions. There are a few uh, where you do, like uh, dysphoria, where you. there are a few situations where you need to, to know duration, um, you know, as relates to psychotic illness as well, but don't get too hung up on it unless you're going into psychiatry. Um... Moving on to uh, agoraphobia, so that's anxiety about being in a, a, a situation where escape is difficult or potentially embarrassing, and uh, folks tend to avoid the situation. Um, the uh, you know common ones are people that can't handle. Crowded places, and they won't go shopping, and tend to, and eventually don't uh, end up leaving their house very frequently. Um, so, in terms of screening for these, uh, for the for the above, both panic disorder and agoraphobia, you can ask if um, have you ever had you know spells or episodes of intense fear or discomfort that are unexpected or are out of the blue. Pretty intuitive stuff. Um, have you had more than one of these? Uh, you know is it is it a discrete episode that lasts several minutes? Um, and have you ever changed your uh, behavior related to these attacks or um, spent time worrying about the attacks so that in and of itself is pretty good for a diagnosis and then you have to establish that it's been happening for more than one month um, and then, likewise, uh, CBT and medication is is what uh, is helpful. Um, and then there's various uh, self-help books that are available. One that uh, one that um, I've seen uh, creep uh, f- frequently is Ten Simple Solutions to Panic. Um, and uh, you know, often uh, like a strategy that does seem to work a lot is it's sort of a suck it up approach. Box, box breathing is good. There's some va- uh, weak evidence for um, using Valsalva type maneuvers uh, like bearing down against a closed glottis as well as uh, facial immersion in ice. Um, so uh, both of those can work. And then in terms of medication, it's sort of take your pick. <laughs> uh, as, as usual with, uh, with uh, your SSRIs uh, as a starter and uh, considering other uh, classes and um, augmenters, I defer I defer to psychiatry here, but it it seems like you know unfortunately we're not really at a very um, excellent uh, state of evidence around this. Although there was a big I, think, I forget where it was, I think it was Lancet uh, meta-analysis of very various um, antidepressants, which found that Elavil um, amitriptyline was the most effective for uh mild to moderate uh, depression um, but it's hard to say that you know those studies were probably validated back when when the medication was very new and so uh, you know whether there's uh there's been any recent head to head analysis with the newer agents uh, seems very unlikely but um and then there, of course, there's a whole slew of, of side effects, and they're not especially safe in older folks. So don't, don't, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not, uh, I'm not recommending that as a first line. But yeah, it seems like the First line, and then you, you go from there. Um, uh, the uh, venlafaxine. Um, among the SS, uh, SNRIs and seems to have uh, the best uh, evidence for panic disorder. So um the other consider- consideration is pocket pill. Like it's it's kind of hard because if anything that's sort of uh one of these uh safety signals and uh safety responses that we're trying to avoid but Some folks, especially those who are in a new job or whatever and they can't really afford to have panic attacks, having a sublingual lorazepam available to them can be very helpful. Uh, Just a low dose, like a 0.5 milligram. So those are all things to consider. Um, And remember with these uh, depression, again, this is sort of beyond the scope of of the podcast, but usually uh, you continue the medication for at least six months and then consider a slow taper after that and a reevaluation of symptoms. So I hope that that was helpful outlining anxiety. Consider the multiple types of anxiety disorders highly prevalent. Rule out substances, screen your patients if there, if you have any uh, suspicion. Uh rule out organic causes. Consider this the uh the differential in terms of psychiatry. Uh CBT, you know, use your friendly neighborhood um, uh, social worker uh, who's trained in CBT, they're probably going to be more effective and experienced than you are unless you have a special interest in that. Uh, Use the self-help resources, uh, get a good diagnosis um, and and screen for uh, once you've established that, uh, that perhaps the patient has a general. Uh, a a type of anxiety disorder, remember that they are often comorbid so someone can have generalized anxiety disorder as well as panic disorder and uh, start medications and uh, amplify as appropriate. Uh, Oftentimes at that point you have referred to psychiatry. Thanks a lot, see you next time.